Hello and welcome to the eighth installment of the Rocket IT Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hyatt, and today I'm excited to introduce our guest, Lisa Zakin of Leadership Gwinnett. With a mission to educate, equip, and engage diverse leaders and inspire community involvement, Leadership Gwinnett has impacted thousands of people and hundreds of organizations in our area since 1986. In today's episode, we'll take an in-depth look at Leadership Gwinnett, and we'll learn how programs like these help communities thrive. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. We are glad you're here. Thank you, Matt. I'm delighted to be here. Wonderful. Let's dive right in. So I have done a little bit of uh, homework on uh, Leadership Gwinnett. I checked out your history and, you know, I said we started in 1986, but I think I read on the website 1984 was when a group of folks got together with the local Chamber of Commerce, the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, with the idea. And the first class actually graduated in 1986. Is that right? That's correct. Awesome. In fact, uh, Charlotte Nash and Elvin Wilbanks were a part of that first class. So Charlotte Nash is our Gwinnett County Chairman uh, for the Board of Commissioners, and then uh, Mr. Wilbanks uh, leads the Gwinnett County Public School System. That's right. Yeah. So they were they were active in that first leadership Gwinnett class. Very first year. Well, look how that worked out. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. But uh, you haven't been around nearly that long. You're a fairly new uh, leader uh, of the organization over the last, uh, how long has it been now, seven or eight years? Going on nine. Nine years, mm-hmm. yeah. Took so, over in July 2011. Wonderful. And I know that uh, I've seen the charts. Everything's gone up and to the right since you took over. So uh, nice job, Lisa. So I am a graduate of Leadership Gwinnett, as you know, uh, I think class of 2011. So I've been through the program firsthand. And then Glance Gwinnett, which we'll get into in a few minutes, uh, my wife and several of our team members here at Rocket IT have gone through that program. Great experience for all of us. Isn't that fun? It's great. Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about back in the day, and I know you read your history book just like I did to get this information, right? Because we weren't around for this. But back in the day when the uh, program was founded, what was the driving cause there? What was going on that caused that to happen? Do you know? Yeah, I th- like you had said, back in 1984, really the genesis started for the program. There was a group of community leaders that realized Gwinnett was changing from a rural agricultural community to really a more densely populated urban community. And while the growth was just exponential at that time, they realized they needed a group of folks to focus on all issues related to the Gwinnett and make sure that the leaders were prepared and educated for this growth. Right. So I moved to the area back in, I think, in 1991 or 1992. So it really wasn't that long. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But then you say, wow, gosh, you know, that was just within a few years of leadership Gwinnett. But it's changed a lot just in the amount of time that I've been here. I feel like I remember probably around 700 or 1,000 or so people uh, in the area at that time in Gwinnett County. And I know uh, we're up over a million now, isn't that right? Getting very close to a million. Yeah. And the other thing that I think has uh, uh, continued to change and is a very positive thing is we've become a much more diverse community over that time. That's correct. Uh, we, uh, I think we are a majority minority uh, county at this point. I know in our schools, the students, a majority minority there. Uh, but all different races and backgrounds, people from all different parts of the world, different religious backgrounds, age groups. It is a very diverse area. And so 
how does leadership Gwinnett embrace that change that's happened over the last uh, few decades? What's the idea there when it comes to bringing folks together? Well, the basis for the program, it's a nine-month program that provides a path between um, influential leaders in business and government and arts and healthcare and the social services. And truly what they, what they get out of the program, but when they're done, is a true understanding of, of some major community issues. What is the glue that holds us together? What are the shiny objects in the community that we need to pay attention to? And then what makes us really great and cohesive? So the really great thing about the program over the last few years, really probably the last 10 years since I started, was embracing the diversity that is in Gwinnett. So our goal, one of our goals, is always to make our classes reflective of the community. Um, I would say it's growing, but it's not growing at the rate it needs to be. Hmm. We're probably between 35 and 40% diverse with each class, meaning non-white participants in the class. And we find that's critical, uh, especially with the large communities in Gwinnett, the Korean community, the Hispanic community, Vietnamese community, Everybody has the same goal in mind, that they want a great community for their family, they want great education, they want good health care, but that all doesn't happen just by accident. You Mm -hmm. have to have great leaders, Um, you have to understand what the leaders' initiatives are, how they can plug in, and this program educates them about that and opens the door for just endless opportunities for them to make Gwinnett better than they left it. Right. Or better than they found it, really, is what I right. meant to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I remember when I was going through Leadership Gwinnett back in 2011, I felt like we had a very diverse group. Uh, I remember that we had folks that from local nonprofits. Uh, we had folks involved in local churches. Uh, we had folks like myself that are involved in businesses, both small and large, uh, folks that were working for the county, the municipalities. And not only that, but I felt like we were – uh, pretty diverse from a, uh, just a, a background, and, and that means ethnicity, that means our family dynamics, uh, a lot of different uh, faith backgrounds. That felt to me like, you know what, this is a way for us to get together, uh, make connections we might not normally uh, or ordinarily have, uh, and work on something together. You know, we roll up our sleeve and get involved in a project together, which, as you know, builds relationships. That all felt very intentional to me. Is, is that part of the idea? Is that how, how you go about things? It absolutely is. And it really hasn't changed from the very beginning. And so to join Leadership Gwinnett, it's an application-driven process. So you have to complete an application. The questions haven't changed much over the years because it keeps aligned with our vision and mission. But you are literally graded on each application. Mm-hmm. And there's a committee each year that looks at the applications, looks at the scores, and then slots those. Now we're up to 42. We have 42 members in the class. Slots those folks into very intentional groups. So there's so many from education. There's so many from business and so many from government and so many from the nonprofits. And again, we try to align the diversity with the class. We try to uh, not only we think about diversity in terms of color of skin, but diversity of thought. Sure. So what are people bringing to the table, the different cultures and different core values and beliefs? And um, again, as I said, everybody has the same common goal of wanting Gwinnett to be the great place to live and work. So it is very intentional on Absolutely. how these classes are put together. Well, it seems highly effective too, right? Yes. And I think one of the core things is this lasting friendships that are created out of that. And when folks know each other and they work together on something over a long period of time, that opens up dialogue 
so that when there are issues facing our community, hey, you know what? I, I remember I, you know, I have this friend in this uh, pocket, or I've, you know, I've talked with this person before. Let's get together and, and talk it over and see if we can. Right. And you know, things out together, right? Everybody doesn't need to agree either. So if you have a group of folks, I mean, there's many intentional educational components of the program in addition to small group activities. And everybody doesn't need to agree, but they all need to be educated. So right. if you're going to be a proponent and you're going to be a major leader in the community, you need to know, you know, who the leaders are, what the issues are, and look at it from the perspective of, you know, how do I tell this to somebody that doesn't know any subject matter? Right. You instantly become subject, subject matter experts on just about everything related to Gwinnett. Right. And if you don't know it, you've heard it at some point during your year, or you have a connection and you can call somebody. And mm-hmm. that's the two biggest things. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I remember that too, that we got to see a lot of different aspects of how the community works. Everything from understanding a little bit about how our legal system works here to how infrastructure works within the county, judicial system, on and on. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you one of the experiences, and I know I've shared with you this with you uh, individually in the past, but something that I think altered my life a little bit uh, was a police ride-along that we had an opportunity to do. Yes. And, you know, I'd never been on a police ride along before, thankfully, right? <laughs> uh, voluntary or otherwise. <laughs> so uh, so I got to do the police ride along and, and, you know, kind of imagining what that might look like. I expected that we'd be chasing after some bad guys, you know, that uh, maybe we would uh, do the traffic situation and find some speeders or a drunk driver or a burglar, you know, exciting stuff like that. And what I actually experienced, and I kind of did the night beat, hoping for some excitement, right, was was quite different. Unfortunately, we we were responding to a lot more domestic type of Mm -hmm. of issues. And when I saw that, every single thing that we responded to that night, small children were involved. Mm -hmm. And that was something that really stuck with me. And it made me realize, and I'm going to make a kind of a connection here, uh, a connection here is it made me realize that our public school system is so important for many, many Mm -hmm. kids whose home environment might not be the ideal environment. And so to come into our public schools where we have a stabilized, safe environment for uh, learning and education and relationships and friendships and uh, adult role models, that that is so critical for our community. And so that was just one thing that happened out of my experience there that I think really, like I said, it impacted me permanently, I think. Right. Changed my mind on something. And, you know, those police ride-alongs are still, you know, happening today through a Mm -hmm. wonderful partnership with Gwinnett County Police Department who literally will open police cruisers to 42 different people at hours that they pick, and you can go on a four- or an eight-hour excursion, and they learn that those police officers are just like you and I. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, you know, I've had countless um, discussions with people after that said it has repaired my vision. It has repaired my opinion right. of how I feel about police officers. And and if you have actually gone on and started groups uh, to educate other people, just you know specifically related to you, don't have to be afraid of the police. They're really <laughs> right. good people. Right. But it is uh, it it opens lots of doors for folks, and it is ever changing for many people. So let's jump back just a little bit, and I'd like to talk uh, a little bit about more about the founding of the group and, and 
I think what I'm particularly interested in, because we have the possibility here of folks uh, listening to our podcast that are not from Gwinnett, and what I have heard is that there are a lot of communities that have some sort of leadership program. A lot of counties and chambers do, like we do here in, in Gwinnett, but also there's a state program in Georgia, and I know there are many others in, across the United States. It sounds like we were sort of early in that vision or that drive to create these leadership programs, and we're fortunate that we've been able to do it for a long time. But tell me, do you end up working with some of these other organizations? Are we comparing notes? How, how does that work? I do. And, you know, Leadership Gwinnett over the years has done a, a fantastic job of benchmarking with other organizations. Mm-hmm. I mean, our board is always looking, what's that next best thing? How do we how do we better civically engage our community? What, you know, what what are best practices? And over the last nine years, I've been in and out of Leadership, leadership Louisville twice, and I've been to four national programs called Association of Leadership Programs. So there is an association that has a conference every other year, and everybody that goes there work for leadership organizations just like ours. And they could be small, two or three members in a small community, maybe 5,000 people, all the way up to Leadership Pittsburgh, Leadership Tulsa, Leadership Louisville. And those are the people that I look to to aspire uh, to grow the program and to to look at um, things that they're doing that are successful. What's really, really cool about going to that conference is, is when you're in line, you don't have to describe to anybody. If you're getting <laughs> right. a coffee, you can just strike up conversation. You don't have to say who you are, where you're from. You just say, what do you do with your alumni? And everybody just instantly yeah, knows what know you're talking about. On. So uh, we do a lot, a lot of benchmarking throughout the year. That's so valuable, isn't it? We, we also mm-hmm. do that in our industry. And I, I will say that peer groups of all kinds, and you know, really Leadership Gwinnett is a peer group mm-hmm. of sorts, mm-hmm. but uh, peer groups of all kinds can be extremely helpful. You get together with folks that are trying to accomplish something similar and compare notes and, and benchmark against one another. Uh, so valuable. So I'm glad to hear that there are programs like that because I wasn't aware. Yeah, yeah, they get it. In fact, yesterday there's a, a social media forum on Facebook for all the members of ALP, and so we're thinking about um, – digitizing our application process. We're still pen oh, and paper. Okay. Wow. Uh, it for, largely for a control mechanism that I don't lose anything, <laughs> that I make sure that everybody's represented. Um, but we have to get with the time. So I just threw out a, hey, anybody else do digital applications? Right. And I got 10, maybe 10 people to reply back and say, look at this, look at this form, look at this. Right. You know? Oh, terrific. So it's yeah. all done. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think I had to use an Etch-a-Sketch yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so let's talk about how you got involved in Leadership Gwinnett, because when we first met, you were actually in a different role, a uh, different organization altogether. What's, what is the path that led you to Leadership Gwinnett? How did that happen? Well, I moved to Gwinnett in 1980. Okay, wow. And I lived on Jimmy Carter Boulevard. You were four. I was four. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <right>. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, we moved, we just newly married in September of 1980, and... Um, Drove to Gwinnett County in the back of a 72 Grand Prix with all of our possessions and moved into a townhome on Jimmy Carter when the I towers were still the there. That you're still driving that. <laughs> no, we did get rid of it. It was bright orange. <laughs> I had to get rid of it. Um, it was the only thing I dad, my dad ever gave us. He used to take the car. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Awesome. And so I was looking for a job fresh out of college, and I went to work for Institute of Industrial Engineers, which is a nonprofit membership association for industrial engineers. Oh, so no, a peer group. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So I didn't really start out saying, "Hey, I want to work for a nonprofit." Right. You know, it just I landed there, um, and um, probably twenty-two years I spent there. Wow. And maybe twelve or thirteen different positions. 
really, really enjoyed industrial engineering. I think I probably should have gone to school to be an IE because <laughs> they're, the way they view problems and put processes into place is just speaks to me. That's how your brain works. Yeah. Nice. And so I still carry a lot of what I learned there and was brought up, essentially. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of great mentors and um, was essentially brought up there. And after about 22 years, I thought, you know – you know, there may, maybe there's got to be something more. So I'm in my early 40s, and I'm thinking, where am I going to go next, and what am I going to do? I want to do something that matters. I want to do something that means something. So my neighbor across the street, Betty Dominey, was a principal at an elementary school. Her husband had been uh, on the board for the chamber. And so in our walks, she would say, why don't you think about the chamber? And I didn't even know what the chamber did. And I hate to say that because I'd been in Gwinnett for, you know, going on 20 three years, and I still didn't know what a chamber did. Oh, boy. Well, you know, our podcast listeners will keep that a secret. Yeah, (laughs) thanks. But, um, and I remember working at IIE, people would call to sit to join the chamber, and of course our CEO said, you know, there's not really any value for us, so we would hang up on them, and I'd I'd think, oh, maybe we should check out a little bit more, but there wasn't the internet, and I, you know, I couldn't find any answers. So I got a courtesy interview with the Gwinnett Chamber with Richard Tucker. Oh. And I met with him when it was For, the former former CEO. president, yes, yep, yep. former CEO and president of the Gwinnett Chamber, two two CEOs ago. His name's on the building. Yes, yes. it is. Okay. And um, met with him in their old place over by Gwinnett Tech, uh-huh. Gwinnett Technical College. And there, there, he was very nice, Not none, no positions open, but thanks. You know, So I really had my set, sight set on that. If I was going to leave this 23-year career, it was going to be for something I really wanted. Right. So I stalked him for a good six, seven months oh. um, and found that a position had opened in membership by reading an article in the paper, and I called him, and it took another two months, but I finally got the job. Nice job. <laughs> so I, I switched gears from a membership organization with engineers to selling memberships for the chamber, and it was a delightful experience. Um, the team that was there under my duration was amazing, and I learned so much and could not believe that... N- Every organization in Gwinnett's not a member of the chamber. Right. There's something for everybody there for sure. It is a great chamber. And it was through the chamber I went through Leadership Gwinnett in 2005. I was oh. part of the class of 2005. And, you know, as you hear, they drank the Kool-Aid, you know. <laughs> I mean, I just really was absorbed into it, stayed active as an alum, and stayed very active as an alum. I wrote the newsletters for about three years, and then when the position came open, I stayed in touch with all of those leaders as a volunteer, Right. and when I heard about the opportunity, I just jumped on it. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, that is so amazing. I, I actually didn't know any of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible story. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, uh, you know, by the time I came along, just a few years after you started, really, yeah. it already felt like you are a fixture. It yeah. It felt like you really had command of the role, and you were going places with the, with the organization, so nice nice job. Thank you. So when I when I went through, it was a, uh, a one-year, you know, I think you said nine-month, mm-hmm. you know, I call it a one-year program, mm-hmm. essentially, and it was a big commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, I remember, had to uh, take time away from uh, our, not only our, our work, but also uh, evening time away from our family while we went through this program. Very rewarding to do that in a lot of ways because we got exposure to a lot of different things and met folks and it was a lot of fun. You made it fun, uh, which was was great. But I kept thinking to myself, I don't know if everyone I know would have the bandwidth to do this because Mm -hmm. it is a pretty big commitment. And it wasn't long after I went through that program that uh, another one was created, Glance Mm -hmm. Gwinnett. Tell Mm -hmm. us us about Glance. So Glance 
you know, back in 2013, we sat as a board, which was very small then, just about four board members, and we said, if we're ever going to grow this organization to be like a leadership Louisville or a leadership Pittsburgh, we're going to need some funding to get there mm-hmm. because tuition alone was not cutting it. Right. So it didn't cover all of the costs. There were a few sponsorships here and there, but there was no growth pattern at all in terms of funding. So we launched a capital campaign, mm-hmm. and there were some very brave volunteers that stepped out there and literally paid pretty much close to all we had in the bank account to a consultant to say, I'm going to run a feasibility study, and I really think you could do this. Wow. That's and a leap of faith. It was a giant <laughs> leap of faith, and it scared me. But again, very brave volunteers. Um, in fact, it was the founder of the organization, T. Michael Tennant, that said, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it was an amazing success. Uh, went through the whole motions of the of the campaign, had three major initiatives that we were touting, and 95 investors invested, um, made pledges for five, year, for five years mm-hmm. on giving back to the organization. And that gave us the funding to uh, hire another person to start this second program. Brooke Waters and I went to... Louisville, they allowed us to go through the program oh, wow. for free. Nice. This is the interchange you have with them. They'd, we're not competition to them at all. They're, they say, here, learn. This, so is, this is their, their two and a half. Yes. the yeah. idea. So theirs is called Focus Louisville. And um, we went through, and we went through the two and a half days, and we came back on the plane and said, we could do this. Yeah. So easy. It was a little harder to do in Gwinnett because Gwinnett's so big. Right. You know, the downtown proper of Louisville, easy, same plug and play. You know, we have had to divide the community into four quadrants. So we have developed now four specific areas that we'll concentrate on for each series. Um, Two and a half days, it's it's enough to give you an insider's view about education and arts and economic development and um, social services and healthcare. Um, Usually 30 to 30 to 40. In fact, this class in uh, November's highest ever. We have 43 wow. folks registered for this for this and, short course. And I'm sorry, I want to make sure I heard correctly. That is a semi-annual, quarterly. How often? It's do three do times that? a year. Three times a year. So right wow. now, September, November, and March. Uh, much smaller price tag, small commitment. It's $600 um, for the two and a half days. Right. Uh, scholarships are still available for nonprofits and for folks in social services or people enduring hardships that need to be in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has absolutely increased our civic footprint in Gwinnett. Yeah, in absolutely. Five years we're going on. We're working on our sixth year. Over six hundred people have been through the program. Wow! So these awesome. are six hundred people that I wouldn't have been able to get in front of right. to talk about what we do. Mm-hmm. And the most gratifying moment is when I walk out of the third day when they've made their little commitment about what they saw, what, what passion they have, what they're going to do, what they're gonna, how they're going to take this forward, is when they walk out and say, I had no idea what this was. This is right. an amazing program. And I think that's our biggest issue is people just don't understand right. until, you, until you experience it. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's really two, I think, I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's kind of two forces at work here. Part of it is we're going to bring together bright, interested folks that are open to learning and meeting one another, and we're going to kind of lift them up on their leadership path, mm-hmm. really their influence path, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to mm-hmm. wake them up to the idea that they are, in fact, able to be leaders and influencers in our community. And then the other part of it is here are all these different aspects of the community, and all of them have room for folks to step in and roll up their sleeves and, and get involved, right? It's, it's that two, two things That's exactly together. it. Yeah, and so 
I know we can do that through Leadership Gwinnett through the uh, nine-month program, and then that's. It sounds like this is kind of a what's the word I'm looking for? A Cliff's Notes version. Almost. Yeah, and it, and we liken it to it's a community. It's an open community program. Hmm. So anyone in the community, it's not application driven. You oh, don't really? have to be nominated. Oh wow! It's first come, first serve. Oh. And it's open to anybody that has a desire to learn more. You know, when you think about it, if you're in Gwinnett, your kids are going to school here. Your parents could be at a, an assisted living facility down the road. An amazing healthcare system. A great police and fire department. And as I said before, none of that happens by accident. Right. So it's the leaders that are, are leading those organizations and collaborating with one another. So uh-huh. if you... You know, if you have even just a small interest on what's going on, educate yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, know who your elected leaders are. Know what positions they stand for. Awesome. Um, so I'm curious. Do you have folks that have gone through leadership Gwinnett that then come back and say, well, I want to go through Glance? Or do you have folks that go through Glance and say, you know what, that was amazing. I want the, I want the full experience yep. to go through leadership Gwinnett. Does that yes. work? Yes. In fact, you know, it was never really meant to be a feeder program, but oh, it's really? kind of turning out to be that way. In oh, this year's huh. class... Our leadership Gwinnett class of 2020, there's 17 Glance graduates wow. in there. Wow. So that's the highest number. We've, <laughs> we've seen it growing, and it poses a challenge for us. We've got to be sure that we're not giving them the same information, you know. Right. And, and really, we don't, because with a longer program, you dive deep, deep right. into, like, you've got a full day on education, whereas in Glance, you might have one or two hours mm-hmm. you know, devoted to the educational components of Gwinnett. So, yeah, it, and, and there's some people that will say, I'm good. I'm like, that was great. Right. Like, I like my classmates. I, I have connections who to call. Mm-hmm. And they know who we are. They know what we stand for. So that's, I think, two legs to the stool. We've got Leadership Gwinnett, and then there's Glance. But then there's also the Alumni Association, right? Right. So tell me about that. Is that something that's been around always? Uh, that was actually the, the, the kickoff for the creation of the Alumni Association happened around the same time as the Capital Campaign. So that was okay. one of our three initiatives was was to power up leadership Gwinnett alumni. What is it that an alum needs or wants or desires after they graduate? And um, one of the ways is is that people get invested early on is to participate in the planning of the learning days. So Mm -hmm. next week we have Infrastructure Day coming up. So we're going to be at our Gwinnett Environmental and Heritage Center and we're going to focus on water and roads and sewers and all these very glamorous topics. (laughs) But the, the infrastructure that's required and needed for this community so well tell me so you're talking about they're, they're one of you you have the alumni association they're rolling up their sleeves and they're getting involved in the other programs is is that how it works now is it completely led by by folks from that have been through leadership Gwinnett or glance in the past in or? a large part it absolutely is so each of the learning days and there's seven of them seven topic days are there's a set of objectives that really don't change those are board driven for the day but committees will form that are made up of alumni to plan the day. So they come up with the content and the speakers and the activities and the homework. And it's all over, you know, we oversee it by a group of that we call a steering committee, which are also alumni, but these are folks that are making sure that the objectives are being met, that the speakers are vetted, that the activities are appropriate, and, you know, they just keep that common. Appropriate? I don't remember that. Yeah, part. well, yeah. <laughs> some of those so, are, some of them are pretty fun, right? Yeah, some of them are a lot of fun. Um uh, that that really is the beauty of it. Infrastructure day and yeah. fun. You know, I wouldn't think that goes yeah. together, but it actually does pretty good in some cases. They've got some <laughs> game shows planned, and right. you know, there's there's a lot. So yes, uh, graduating from the program, usually that first entry to stay connected because they don't want to give it up. Right. They, they don't want to give up the experience, the connections, the people, the energy. 
the love for the community and all that, they just want to get stay involved. So right. they'll sign up for a committee. And I, I assign at least 300 positions a year. Are you serious? For volunteers. 300? Yeah. Wow. To run yeah. glance, the learning days, the retreats, the alumni functions, and et cetera. So. That is a lot. So yeah. if somebody's hearing this and they want to get involved in some way, is there an opportunity to participate without getting into Leadership Gwinnett or, or Glance? Or can they participate by helping out in the alumni or with the events? Or is it more, hey, we'll start you with Glance and we'll lead you down a path? Typically, well, best? I'm always looking for sponsors. So there's sure. there's that. Corporate sponsors. Corporate yeah, sponsors, absolutely. yeah. And um, because literally I need to raise 50% of what the organization spends in a year just to run all of that programming. So tuition doesn't cover it. We can't make tuition too high because, you know, we have to stay within reason. Sure. So when I go to a new company and I drive by companies all the time and I think, why aren't they involved, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I have targets. You know, I have at least a target of 10 new businesses, 10 large businesses in Gwinnett to go to them and say, you know, what is your strategy for your people? Are you interested in community? Right. Um, Some people truly aren't like some people I'll give my whole pitch and I'll say why it's so important and they'll say you know that's not really what we're about right and it's sad to me right because there's people in that building that their kids go to the school I mean right again sure. this all doesn't happen by accident um but I make it a point to go to them and so if they don't know they'll say are you part of the chamber no we're not part of the chamber we grew up in the chamber but we separated and we're independent now you're our own nonprofit 501c3 yep. organization right yeah yep. so we raise our own money, we, you know, make all our plans. But in the end, if they still don't know what we do, mm-hmm. I'll go to them and say, put somebody through for free. Just yeah. try it. If I think that there's going to be an end game with that. And, you know, I've had s- some success stories, but not enough of them right. yet. Because sure. I just, every day I feel like, I just wish everybody knew what we did, mm-hmm. you know. I look at mm-hmm. it as really almost a perk. For our team mm-hmm. members, because well, like I said, we've sent several folks through Glance, and one or two have gone through Leadership Gwinnett. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is a commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're, if they're going to be doing this on a weekday, and that's when most of the events yeah. are, right, that means they're not going to be here at the office. But what I have seen is the folks that have been involved have come back energized, uh, more educated about uh, their community and, and how Rocket IT fits into that, how they fit into that. I think it's a great thing. For, even for small organizations. It does. And it's a little bit different than a chamber function. You know, oh, chamber yeah. has a chamber is in it for, you know, for business, um, business networking, uh, kind of B2B activity. Leadership Gwinnett is too, but coming at it from a completely different angle. Right. You're creating the relationships first and you're rubbing elbows with these people for a year mm-hmm. and you've got to know them well. And business just happens. Referrals just happen. Yeah, that's true. And it's all done by not because they have to check the box. It's all done by, I truly trust this person, and I think you should talk to them about X. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, a lot of businesses, a trust-based business. You know, we're certainly in a trust-based mm-hmm. business in the IT field and the services field. You say that, and I'm thinking, okay, well, uh, I know that I have worked with uh, some of the folks that were in my class because I trust them. Mm-hmm. and. You know, people mm-hmm. like to do business with people that they like and that they trust. Absolutely. So I think that's that's terrific. So tell me a little bit about the impact that folks have when they do serve on a committee. Have you heard stories about that? Are there folks that have uh, gotten involved in some way and then have something that they can objectively come back to and say, hey, you know what, this happened because I got involved in my 
leadership organization? I see all the time, and my years go together. They start to, you know, I mean, every year I have 40 plus best new best friends. Nice. Um, but I, as the years go by, uh, there's really not a time that I haven't heard in a week's period about a connection that's been made or somebody heard about somebody from the class before them, you know, running an initiative on homelessness and that was their passion. And so they're like, I'm going to look them up and get connected. Or if I send out a, a release that says we're looking for board members for the Gwinnett Coalition or for another nonprofit, you know, who's interested, contact this. I mean, it just never stops. Right. I, I really don't have one to pick out, but it just never stops. I'll tell you what, I'll share kind of a funny story. I don't remember if I told you this before or not, but, you know, I had had my class uh, that I went through in 2011, and we've sort of uh, stayed in touch, and we've done several events together. I've had them out to my house a couple of times, and we've gone to other folks' house. But I had an opportunity a few years ago, it's probably been four or five years ago uh, at this point, to introduce a friend of mine that was had started a new business in the area of leadership development. And so I invited my leadership Gwinnett class out to my house, and we kind of sort of had a backyard party with a fire pit in the deck and all that stuff. And then I had my friend talk with the group and share what he was doing in his leadership development business. And two things happened out of that that I think are really exciting. One is that one of the people that was in my leadership Gwinnett class worked for a large organization here in Metro Atlanta and was able to make a connection that ended up being a very big, important customer for my friend that had started this new business. And they're still working together today, which is which is yeah. an awesome outcome to see that happen. But I think the even more fun one was that one of my classmates brought her sister along and her sister was there, and she met a fellow that uh, worked with this leadership organization, young guy, and they talked and they talked and they talked, and at the end of it, she said, you know what, I think you'd like to meet my daughter. And they connected, and they married. Oh, wow. They were like, they were married. And wow. they met in the backyard, and all, I've been taking credit. Everyone you should. I, everyone I told <laughs> to said, you know what, I did, because I connected these two businesses, and I connected these two people, and the marriage happened. But really, it was leadership going out. It was. They did that. It you was know, the trust. Happened. Yeah, absolutely. That's and, awesome. Isn't that fun? Yeah, So I, that's I, awesome. I think it's really cool. You never know. You know, that uh, kind of the butterfly effect of uh, when, you know, something small turns into something right. really big. And that's what happened with my leadership Gwinnett experience. The impact that we have on the community, however, I can really speak to. Okay, um, good. One small thing that just happened at the, uh, glance, the last glance class, um, Bruce Hardy, who is C- CFO and pastor for Crosspoint yeah, Church. Yeah, nice church, yeah. Went through glance. Went to Maxwell High School, which is the tech yeah. high school. Awesome high school. Um, yeah. Great, great facility. Had a chance to talk at lunch with a group of students that were the student ambassadors to talk about why they picked Maxwell to come to, what their career paths were, etc. So one young lady struck him really to the heart when she said, I, I really have aspirations. And she had the grades to get into a, a decent college, but she didn't have transportation. Mm-hmm. Being raised by a single mom, just being open and raw with him. Right. He held on to that, went back to the church, realized that there had been a family that had donated a car. Oh, my goodness. Uh, a while ago, um, talked to the group at the church. They're like, yes, we want to give it to her. He went back. He talked to the school administration, the mom, everybody, and said, this is what we want. And so she ended, wow. she ended up with the car. Fun? So stuff like that happens <laughs> all the time, and we you know, like to take credit. But what we did is we exposed the community to this 
phenomenal school that people right. don't typically see, mm-hmm. talking to a student with a direct need. Yep. And that's just in small part what, you know, what Leadership One Ed's about. That's um, really cool. Another uh, another great program that is still living today. If you heard the, you've heard about the GRIP program, I don't know that I have. So when a, two classmates, probably about ten years ago, went through Justice Day, mm-hmm. they heard over and over again the high rates of recidivism in the justice system, specifically in the Gwinnett County Jail. People getting out, coming back in. People mm-hmm. getting out, coming back in. It was a very high rate. And so the one gentleman was an attorney, and the other gentleman worked for United Way. And they coordinated a program called GRIP, which is the Gwinnett Reentry Intervention Program. Wow. So for inmates being released, they go through the GRIP program, if they so choose to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're giving them education advice, um, helping them get into school if they need to, Great. get their GED if they need to, um, uh, if they're homeless, you know, trying to hook them up with the agencies in Gwinnett. That, and their numbers have declined greatly. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, terrific, on returning... So. Um, returning Inmates. population, yeah, and sure. and they attribute every bit of that to Leadership Gwinnett because they sat next to each other listening to this problem going, man, there's got to be something we can do about that. And I they did. It. I love and it. And they did. And there's just many stories like that. But So, Lisa, how, how, do, you, how do you keep track of how you're doing? I got, I got to think, okay, there's a lot, there are a lot of moving parts here. We've got people from the community, from all different sectors. We're coordinating with people from our government, from our school system, from the fire station, the legal system. How do you pause and look in the mirror and say, are we on the right path and are we accomplishing what we set out to accomplish? That's a great question. Um, back in 2018, so it was just last year, we um, commissioned with Deloitte to do oh. a project it's called. It's from their Step Up program, where they pick a nonprofit, hmm. and they will tr- use some of their junior consultants to attack the problems that you have um, wow. and come up with solutions. So, last year we were selected, um, and one of the projects was to do an impact study. Oh, cool! And um, a true impact study, one where I could have marketing bits and bytes to say X number of this and X number of that, and it was truly you know, legitimate. Uh, measure measure <laughs> yeah. your reach and, and that sort of thing. Right. And what we found out is that we are doing things just right. Um, Great. 90% of the alumni that were surveyed felt like they were more connected to leaders and decision makers mm-hmm. in the community. 98% of them considered themselves to be a more effective leader. And 94% said they considered themselves to be effective community builders. Wow. As a result of going through Leadership Gwinnett, it had that much impact on there. And I... I dare to say I could go into any organization and say, why wouldn't you want to have a person that felt this great about their leadership, their professional development, their personal development? Um, So we were super impressed by that. That's amazing. Nice job. And it's easy to get all those marketing bits and bytes out of there now. And the other thing that was huge for us last year, and really, I mean, it was really a pin on the map, was that we won the Regional Business Award uh, in the nonprofit sector for the Chamber Gwinnett Chamber Impact Awards. Oh, that's awesome. So as a nonprofit, right. you think about how many nonprofits are in this community, but for us, our story was just incredible, and winning that award just was a game changer for us. Very that proud. That is really cool. I've been to some of those Impact Award ceremonies, and it's a full house. I mean, there's we're talking serious competition, terrific Nonprofit organizations, for-profit organizations, I and mean, it's a good group of folks. Yeah. And to be selected to stand out in that community of people is pretty, pretty amazing. 
We were very nice. proud. Nice job, Lisa Zakin. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm going to move on to the lightning round in a moment. Before we do that, though, I think we should give our listeners a way to reach out. If they're interested in learning more about Leadership Gwinnett or Glance Gwinnett, how do they get in touch? How do they get plugged in? So our website is www.leadershipgwinnett.com. Okay. And that's Leadership Gwinnett is G-W-I-N-N-E-T-T.com. Um, or my email. They can email me at lzaken, L-Z-A-K-E-N, at leadershipgwinnett.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. So let's do the lightning round. Oh, we've prepped you for this just a little bit, I think. Uh, but I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, what's on your mind. Tell me, what, what are you reading these days or what are you watching these days? What has your attention? Well, reading, I just started reading a new book last Thursday called Traction. Oh, yeah. I and so we had the, a facilitator come to our board meeting a couple of weeks ago and educated us on the EOS system. Oh, yeah. That's and, the entrepreneurial operating system. Yes. Yep. And so it helped us get through a hurdle that we had to come to a decision on our board, just one particular thing. But I since then met with that facilitator and I'm very interested about trying to put that operation, lay that operation over our Excellent. our team. Fantastic. We have three staff members. I have four boards and 17 standing committees. Oh and boy. I, you know, <laughs> keep the engine going. Right. But boy, I think there's room for some process to it, which goes back to my IE days. Oh, yeah. And if I could have some process, you know, <laughs> uh, um, we do a great job. We do great stuff. We work hard. But, you know, when you grow like that, it's it's important to step back and say, are we doing this right? Absolutely. And do Absolutely. we? Yeah. And, you know, we've all talked about and heard about, you know, reinventing the wheel versus following a process or a system that someone else has uh, set up and, and proven. Uh, so yeah, I've heard great things about EOS. And we use some of those principles here, too. And I think the other thing I love about it is when you have issues and you have stalling points, um, there's a process for getting over that. Mm-hmm. And I think much too often we stay, especially with that many volunteers, and I love them all. They all do a fabulous job. But Except we can spin that. Yeah. About, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we can spin a plate for a while. Right. And yeah. I'd love to, for everybody that has that process to say, okay, look, okay, it's an issue. Move on. Right. You know? So the other book I read, and I read it every year, it's the same book over and over again, is Simple Abundance. Oh, really? And so it's by um, Sarah Bronach. And it's really kind of a daily inspiration to um, for gratitude and being your authentic self. Wonderful. And so each day, I, I try to get each day. But right. Um, so simple abundance. And what's mm-hmm. the author again? Sarah Bronick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Are you a podcast person? Do you listen to podcasts? You know, my commute is just about two minutes. Oh wow! So I don't Lucky do a lot you. of driving. I know yeah. we moved. Um, we, we moved two miles from the office, but I've been in this house for 33 years, so oh before any of this was around. Right. But um, So I have no commute. Right. And if I put a podcast on at night, I'd be asleep. So <laughs> right. If I did listen to some, it would probably be self-improvement stuff. Yeah, yeah sure, but, sure. But, I like that stuff, too. Yeah. Well, look, I appreciate your time. On that note, I believe it's time to wrap things up. Lisa, for myself and our listeners, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Rocket IT Podcast. We hope you found today's episode enlightening. Finally, a quick plug for Rocket IT. We work with businesses, nonprofit organizations, and municipalities in the area of technology strategy, information security, and IT support. To learn more about Rocket IT and how we can help you leverage your organization's technology investment, keeping you ahead of the competition, visit rocketit.com. 
Should you have any questions about today's discussion, email us at podcast at rocketit.com or catch us on any of our social media channels. Thank you.